Good afternoon, guys. Uh, it is me. I am back for the first time in, uh, I guess, months and months and months and months. <laughs> Haven't recorded a podcast in uh, God knows how long. So um, welcome back, though. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. And uh, yeah, my special guest today is a gentleman by the name of uh, Joseph Avenoso. Uh, say hi. Beautifully pronounced, by the way. Good to be here. Been a long time coming, bud. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I was about to, yeah, I, I could have been like Avenocio or something. You, know you what and mean? my You're... kindergarten teachers would be on my shit list, but you get the pass. They don't. It's only phonetic. It's only phonetic. So yeah, guys, I mean, it is a freaking crummy ass rainy day outside, but you know, uh, it, it's a great day to, I guess, to be inside and just to uh, record a podcast. Hence, you know, I'm here, you know, Joe's here. Joe's a very busy guy. He took time out of his day to come here and, you know, uh, bless me with his experiences on uh, my show. So uh, that's uh, adorable. I know. Yeah, you know, it's it's the year with that kind of introduction. We should have done this five times by now. Would have been a mood lifter. Mood lifter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but I, I'm I'm feeling super great already, especially after. Yeah, for a pretty shitty day, this is yeah. not a bad day actually. Yeah. Nice calm Sunday. Um, also, there's this guy that's been walking around town, and uh, he always has his shirt off. And today, his shirt was on. But he pulled it over his chest and started rubbing his stomach. So, what is that in Newark? No, like this guy. I've seen this guy around town, Newark, for the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like he'll just sit outside of the Starbucks with his shirt off. I just saw him walking down Main Street with his shirt half off, just rubbing his stomach. So, I don't know what he's doing, but um, one of those Sundays. Anyway, I'm happy to that we're inside. Brace yourself, but uh, today's topic is going to be all around accountability slash responsibility, and I guess how to uh, how to take it per se, or how to embrace it and make it part of yourself, your life, to make yourself happier. So uh, we're going to talk about our experiences and how, if you're lucky, you'll be able to make it come out of your pores after this podcast. You know what I mean? So, what exactly is responsibility? What is accountability? And what does it mean to take responsibility and accountability? I'm going to tell you guys real quick what uh, I guess society and a lot of people think and they say as to what responsibility and uh, responsibility and accountability is being able to admit maybe when you're wrong, being fiscally responsible, uh, don't spend more than what you have, uh, you know, just take care of your apartment, pay your rent, pay your bills on time, um, you know, be courteous to others, make sure that you're not endangering anybody in any way, uh, shape or form, that sort of thing, you know, and I think that that is definitely a layer of uh, responsibility. But what we're going to talk about, I guess, today is, uh, you know, not responsibility in the sense of, um, you know, get a job or be fiscally responsible or be responsible in the sense that, you know, you uh, decided to not park sideways uh, in that parking lot or, you know, in that parking space. So, you know, you didn't just a- appear to be an asshole to everybody else at the fucking Acme. <laughs> you know what People I mean? We're to, Acme. Yeah. It's just kind of like, <laughs> you know, we're, we're not here to talk about that type of responsibility because all those things honestly are external. That's just you just making sure that you're not, uh, I guess, doing things to others you know, which is always a good thing, you know, making sure that you're not uh, that you're being responsible when it comes to other people, because, well, you know, everybody has a duty, has a civic uh, responsibility to make sure that everybody else around them 
is uh, safe and is not feeling threatened or uh, uncomfortable in their presence by any means. What we're here to talk about, I guess, is um, the internal responsibility, how you go about your daily life, how you decide to, I guess, carry yourself, how you uh, decide to react to certain things, not letting the external impede and totally destroy you and your internal, I guess, thoughts or your internal being, your soul, if you will. Uh, I guess then, which may cause you to make bad decisions, blame others for things, and uh, ultimately, I guess, not get to where you want to be. I mean, I guess that's a, a certain way of putting it, but I mean, I think Joseph could definitely, <laughs> I'm sorry, I think Joe could definitely um, explain that in some further detail. Haven't been called Joseph in a while. Joseph. I gotta tell you that. <laughs> like Joseph. Yeah, no, I think you could, I could take this from a few different angles. One, I think I could plainly, at least for me, what I guess a lot of people kind of use responsibility and encounter and accountability in the same way. They mix the words up. If you say the words to somebody, maybe in their heads, they don't really register much of a difference. But to me, they're both internal. They're both critical. And I actually wouldn't really differentiate between internal and external responsibility and accountability which I'll explain in a sec, but to me, it's all internal. So to me, responsibility is how do you navigate your internal state to the external world or towards your goals, actions, beliefs, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Whereas accountability is accepting the fact that a lot of your external circumstances are directly or indirectly your fault or from your own influence, yes. whether you realize it or not. So a lot of people want to take accountability in the sense of, oh, it's my fault or it's not my fault. Well, if you were in the room, something's related to you. If you worked at that business, something's related to you. If you were on the road, something was related to you. And if you are perceiving the world a certain way, that was, well, really related to you. And so I think it's really helpful to look at external circumstances and say, yep, to a degree, this was my fault, or I had something to do with it, or, because I know some people aren't going to like that, or at least understand that it is fully your responsibility to move forward with that. Um, I don't know if you remember, just a quick interlude. Um, So Ray and I have known each other for about five or six years at this point. And a few years ago, we were at one of the local bars, and there was this girl that we were talking to. She was with a few of her friends, and she just wanted to say hi. And she was a good looking girl. She was obviously in great shape. And at one point she just started uh, sharing some of her pictures on Instagram or something. And I guess she was a fitness model or something like mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Um, not in a uh, high and mighty sense. I, I guess she was in like some kind of fitness competitions or something. And she had a really interesting perspective. I don't know how we got into a deep conversation at a bar. Um, it's not something you normally do, right? We normally just go to hang out and have fun. I mean, we could turn off our brains after a while. We don't yeah. have to be cerebral all the time. Uh-huh. But she said something really interesting. She said, everything in your life is your fault. Mm-hmm. Everything in your life is your fault. And when it comes from someone who seems like she has her act together, you think about it for a bit. I don't really prescribe by that. I don't think everything is your fault, but I do probably take what she says and kind of adapt it towards my own philosophy, maybe 70% or so. I think your fault is in, or 
your actions and beliefs, I think, affect almost everything that happens to you in your life. Of course, you know, we can get pancreatic cancer and die in the next two weeks, right? Just get diagnosed and poof, stage four, oops. Yeah. So that could just happen. And that's probably not our fault unless I don't know if there's anything we could have eaten or done something, you know. But, you know, take that out of the picture, how people interact with you, what happens to you on the highway. Because, look, if you left five minutes earlier, you could have, you know, not been at that intersection where someone cut you off. You know, did you drive that person's car? No. But were you perhaps a little bit rushed to put yourself in a circumstance where you were involved with that person? Sure. Were you maybe a little rushed so you were a little less perceptive of your surroundings where suddenly that car was a bigger deal? Sure. Yeah. And all these subtle ways that maybe our brains don't totally pick up. I think she kind of has a point. I think in a lot of our or a lot of areas of our lives, how we perceive the world, our habits, our thoughts, actions and opinions truly influence what happens to us externally. You have to take accountability for the fact that the world is responding to a degree to your internal state. So responsibility, fix your internal state, accountability, accept your inter- internal state influences the externals. Yes, 100%. That, that was a beautiful way of putting it. And actually, you know what? I want to go because I remember that girl that we met at the bar. And um, I remember the conversation that we had with her and how enlightening it was. And I remember actually how, you know, I want to talk about her. And then I also want to talk about as far as like traffic, actually, and the five minutes thing and and whatnot, because I actually had some experiences with that just the other day. Um, But going to the, the girl that we had met at the bar. Yeah, she seemed like she was very well put together, um, you know, knew a lot of things and was overall just very, I guess, well-rounded is is a good uh, way to put it. She she knew how to come across and she, you know, she came across very well. And uh, I do remember that night uh, actually in a very cordial way, disagreeing with her and arguing with her to a degree. She had told me or she had told us, I'm not going to say exactly what it was because it was something very horrifying, uh, but she had told us about a very horrifying experience. She blamed herself for it. Um, she, It was something that was very horrifying. And for some reason, when she had told us that, I was expecting her. I just suddenly said to myself, and I actually even said it out loud. I said, oh, please do not tell me that you're about to say that that horrifying thing that happened to you was your fault, that what this person did to you was somehow your fault. Do not sit there and do not tell me that. And she literally looked at me and, and, and like just looked me square in my eyes and just said, that is exactly what I'm about to say to you. Like, that was my fault. And I asked her, I'm like, how the hell is that your fault? Like, how on earth? And she was just kind of like, look, like, this person did X, Y, and Z. They should not have done it. It was the wrong thing for them to do. I was there. I put myself in that situation for that to occur. And it happened. She said, I need to take responsibility for that. Like I said, I still don't 100% agree with that. I think that there, I see what she was trying to say. uh, But I do think that there is a huge shade of gray with that. It was a very pleasant conversation. You know, I would say that we definitely enjoyed uh, her company. And, you know, we took away a lot of things from, I guess, the the basis of what she was trying to get across to us, which is that everything is your fault. You know, if you can take personal responsibility, life becomes so much more 
simpler, I guess, maybe, if you will. How would you want to describe that? Like, I mean, I would say this does simplify life a lot. Um, I mean, first of all, yeah, um, that's what happened in her life was not her fault. And everything really is a gray zone. The world's mm-hmm. not exactly black and white. There's no rule that says things necessarily have to be binary if that's just how our brains evolved to work or whatever the psychological or philosophical explanation is. However, maybe a good gray zone to kind of go forward with this. Maybe we could acknowledge that when you are involved in a situation, physically, emotionally, or whatever, because you're interacting with that environment or certain choices were led to being in that corner of the world at that moment in time, and because you interacted with the world in that corner of the world at that moment in time, with your set of beliefs, habits, behaviors, expectations, that your internal state does influence that situation more than 0%. For brutal, heinous things, cruel, mean things that are very unfair, sure, it's not really your fault. But you could take two different, let me rephrase, it's not your fault, period. But I put the really in there because, and I say this very lightly and sympathetically. If you take two different people in such a situation, some would react horribly worse than her. She's stronger than most people I've met in that regard. Mm -hmm. However, because different people can interact with such a situation differently, even though something's not your fault, your internal state, beliefs, habits, et cetera, et cetera, that I keep on saying influences even the worst of situations that are the least of your fault. So yeah, for those listening, when something bad happens to you like that, it's not your fault, but how you show up in a situation you did not ask for and the tools you have at your disposal and the way you handle it after is based off of beliefs that you have fostered and let grow for years. You've surrounded yourself with people who have cultivated such beliefs, habits, maybe Maybe your family does X, Y, and Z and you're close with them and you think these things are good, bad, or whatever, or you have a certain morning routine that's related to how well you do at work, how well you do at work affects your self-esteem, your self-esteem affects how you spend your off time, how you spend your off time affects your friend groups, your friend groups reinforce good beliefs, bad beliefs, etc. Everything's connected. Everything is a bunch of dominoes knocking each other over. And that gives you your fundamental sense of self that responds differently to an event than someone else would. Mm-hmm. For better or for worse. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, the world does get a lot simpler because in the end, your internal state is your total responsibility. Mm-hmm. Your set of beliefs are your total responsibility. How you handle all, all of those is your total responsibility. And every external event will cause you to reflect on those beliefs consciously or subconsciously, right? So, like, let's say an event happens, you get upset. Okay. Well, what does it mean to get upset? What does it mean to have an emotion? An emotion is how your brain interprets its beliefs. So essentially all life is, is you have internal beliefs and your brain is trying to understand how those internal beliefs mesh with the outside world. And whether it's in accordance with your set beliefs or wants or desires or not in accordance, you get your varying range of positive and negative emotions. And then we have habits that reflect how our beliefs, emotions, and characters all kind of intertwine. 
so the world is very simple. Everything is just a reflection of your core beliefs on the outside world, mm-hmm. which is your responsibility. And that's really it. So this is why, just real quick, this is why I was saying how your internal or how responsibility and accountability to me, how I define them for myself at least, are entirely internal. Of course, I have this, let's just drop the jargon real quick and let me superficially backpedal. Um, Of course, I feel responsibility towards my family. If I'm visiting my parents, I want to help them around the house. I want to help them mow the lawn. If my dad has to, you know, help work with something around the house, I'll, you know, pick up a tool with him or something like this. Um, If my mom is uh, making dinner for a bunch of people, of course, I'm going to help in the kitchen and help cook with her. Why should she have to do that herself? To me, being a family man, this is a form of responsibility. This is a form of just how I want to help take care of other people in that moment. So, yeah, that could seem different than all this internal stuff I'm talking about, but it's really not. Like, I don't have a list of responsibilities and accountabilities. I have one. Mm-hmm. The internal state and the reflection to the external. And then just everything else falls into place. You know, if you accept internal responsibility, then you're just naturally going to exercise. You're naturally going to cook good food. You're naturally going to shop for healthy food. You're naturally going to pay your bills on time. You're naturally going to have a job because you believe being your best self is the best way to live. And you believe it's entirely your responsibility and you believe it's internal. Mm -hmm. Everything else follows. Yeah. You don't need a 300 page book. (laughs) Oh yeah. You don't need 30 podcasts and five playlists on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Life is way more simpler than that. Yeah. I've realized, and this is something that I guess I really, I learned from you a while ago, and I'm really happy I decided to internalize this because man, you know what? It's helped me. Uh Oh, (laughs) 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 it's like, I just had like a flash of all the things that we talk about normally. It's got, and I know you're thinking, you're like, uh Oh, what, which one was this Ray? Uh, you know, (laughs) so guys, this is going to go really well or not. So, Oh, oh, it's going to go well. (laughs) It's like, no, but like to, but you know, just saying like for me, you know, you told me a while ago that one of the things that you, I guess, uh, that you do or, um, that you, I guess, uh, adjusted yourself, you made an adjustment, uh, you know, for yourself. And, you know, you obviously thought that this was the best thing to do. This was the best step to take towards a, uh, overall healthier mental state in your life, which is we all go through things. We all go through, uh, just hard times. It can be something small. It can be something big, miscellaneous, you know, what have you, it doesn't matter what it is. But one of the things that I remember you were telling me that you were doing a lot, and honestly, I did this a lot as well. I still kind of do it a lot, but not nearly as much. One of the things that you told me that you were doing a lot at the time was you were talking to a lot of people about things. Every time, every and any time that something was bothering you, you would just go and, you know, you would find somebody and, you know, you would, um, I guess, just verbally communicate everything. And I guess, you know, they would tell you things Uh, They would either parrot it back to you or they would just tell you things to kind of make you feel better. And I guess you were almost somewhat seeking their validation or their building you up, if you will, through words. I don't know if I guess maybe to a degree you kind of relied on that, but it was kind of like 
having a really nice high, I guess, at the time, like they would do that. And then you would exactly what it is. Yeah, it was a high and then it was a low afterwards. It does not last. Yeah, because exactly. It doesn't last. And one of the things is, is I guess you learn to take responsibility because I remember you were telling me about this. And I remember I, I didn't fight you on this, but I was kind of like, oh, Joe, I was like, come on. I was like, stop it with that. I was like, look, if you need to talk to somebody. And obviously, like I said, there's a there's a shade of gray. You can talk to some, to people about things. I'm not saying don't like you can talk to people about things and, and that sort of thing or whatever. But I right, remember. Yeah, I remember at the time, though, you were telling me you were like this. You, you were like, no. I need to learn to deal with things internally and to validate, I guess, learn to validate myself and not completely depend and live on the validation of others. Ready for a total mind fuck. If yeah. I can cut you off for yeah, a second. Uh-huh. How would you define internal validation versus external? Humor me real quick. I would say internal validation, if I had to describe that in so many words, how would I define that? I would have to say that that is, um, I guess, the self-realization, maybe, and thinking about something, validating yourself, and being able to actually believe it yourself, and not the external validation is somebody telling you all these things, right? but you don't. And like you're hearing it, but you don't actually believe it because or you can believe it. But what does it mean if you believe it? Like if I tell you the sky is purple, you're just going to believe it. I mean, obviously no, because yeah. it doesn't pass your it doesn't pass the logic test in your brain. Exactly. So yes, here's the uh-huh. thing. External validation is internal validation with an unnecessary extra step. If I were to say to you, hey, Ray, um, I'll just make something up. Let's say I skipped work for a day because I wanted to watch Netflix. This doesn't happen. But let's say I did and I felt horribly about myself and I had a huge weak moment and I go, hey, Ray, I skipped work today and my boss got mad at me because I was watching Netflix. Is that okay? Inside, I know the answer is no. But if you say yes... And let's say I believe you or you say no. It doesn't really matter what you say. What matters is how I respond to what you say. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So whatever answer you give, if it makes me feel better, that means I gave my own internal validation to your external words. Yeah. In the end, the buck always stops with you. Yep. If I were to validate myself or handle it myself, I am believing whatever I think. Yeah. If If it's external validation, it's I believe whatever you say. But in the end, I'm the guardian of the gate, allowing everything to pass or not allowing certain things to pass. So internal or external validation is the same method as internal validation. It just has an extra step. And when people make this fallacy, they're forgetting the fact that they're still in control of the process. No one's really doing anything for you. It's just you are still believing somebody it's just you're not believing yourself it's yes you very well could just if you were like all i have to do is give the same worth to what you say in that regard but why wouldn't that make me feel better if i waste my day watching netflix and i don't go to work and my boss gets mad at me rightly so why would like you said it'd be a high it wouldn't work mm-hmm. and because deep down you know what you're supposed to be doing and there isn't anyone else could say that'll eventually make you feel better Getting your opinion in that moment is just an act of avoidance. 
Yes. It's 100%. literally just saying, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not doing it. Oh, well, rather than sit here and actually take responsibility, why don't I talk to someone else about it? But you know it's BS. And eventually you're still going to have those same thoughts in your head reminding you that you made a mistake, that you did something wrong. And well, it's not even really a mistake. You, you just made a bad decision. And then that's a whole nother can of worms. It's, uh, <clears throat> you know, why do you make that bad decision? Why do you act irresponsibly? Why do you not take responsibility? It's not because you don't know better. It's because at that moment you valued something higher than doing the right thing. So in a regard, it's actually that you don't know better because for some weird reason, you still valued Netflix more than going to work. You know, you're supposed to go to work. You know, you'll get in trouble if you don't go to work. You know, most people would go to work. You know, it's frowned upon to not go all these things. But deep down, for whatever reason, in your brain, you did a little calculation and you said, Netflix is better than doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yep. And those that goes back to what I was saying about habits. This goes back to your beliefs. You know, that character that uh that character trait of being lazy. It's not that you're a lazy person. It's because it's just something you do sometimes. Like who you are is way more complicated than that. But you make lazy decisions because you have lazy beliefs. Mm-hmm. Because you have your way of relating yourself to the external world can reflect laziness. And for whatever reason, you have certain beliefs or understandings of things that somehow equate to Netflix is better than work. Yeah. Maybe you think um, money won't make you feel better. Maybe you think you deserve a day off or that you work too hard or you don't like your boss or you come up with all these reasons and somewhere deep down you have a core belief that says, I'm entitled to stay home today and not do my job. Yeah. And you could read a bunch of books, watch a bunch of podcasts or whatever about how to be motivated, how to do all this stuff, X, Y, and Z. And some of it's good, but really fundamentally, it's you just have a belief deep in your brain that somehow equates to Netflix is better than work. Yeah. That's really it, guys. That's really it. Mm-hmm. And this is why external validation doesn't help. Yeah. Because it's your belief. It's something you have to do internally. It's something that only exists between your ears. You can't find it in another book. You can't find it written on a chalkboard in some classroom. You can't, you know, get it from the birds or whatever the hell the saying is. All that's going to happen is you have to sit down and you have to think about why you do things, why you have habits, why you believe certain things, why you feel certain ways. And that's just really it. That's the key to living well and being satisfied versus not. And you know what's funny? You know what's funny about that is people and you know i don't know maybe we can delve a little bit into the psychology of why that is so difficult for people or why people are so unwilling to do it because you know i'll give you an example of something that happened very recently it's painful to realize all the things you don't like in your life have to do with a bad decision you made a bad belief to realize most of the stuff in your life that you're not happy with is your fault or the lack of having things you'd be happier with is due to decisions you made. Isn't it just so much easier to blame a group of people yeah, or to blame your neighbor or that asshole on the highway? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you leave earlier? 
Why weren't you a more attentive driver? Why? Why did you take that road today? Why do you use the same driving apps as everyone else that gives everyone the same directions? Ah. Make your own choices. And if you don't like those choices, reflect and make different ones. You know what? That's it. That Yeah, you're right. And actually, I'm going to go to my car, my um, driving example, actually. I just thought about that because you just... You, that just popped into my head again, which is, it's amazing. The other day, or no, this is actually, this happens every single day. And I've learned to just take responsibility and to just, I guess, shut out the thought and to just move on. But every single day, you know, first of all, everybody and anybody, you know, that lives in Delaware, you know exactly my pain when I am about to, I guess, describe what I'm going to describe. We have so much traffic this is frankly an overcrowded state and we have so much construction and shit going on and you know it takes it it literally like how many years are they going to work on the Delaware Memorial it has looked the same <laughs> since i've moved down here they close a lane every 2 weeks yep but i don't see anything different happening yeah, i don't nothing. know if they're like fixing one light are they screwing in one light bulb for two weeks? What are they doing? I know. Yeah. It's, you know what? It, it's not just that, that way on the memorial. It's everywhere. I mean, outside of my apartment complex here, it's ridiculous. Oh my God. I mean, you know, Main Street for years, <laughs> you know, the, the only place I think, and actually it's starting to change down in Middletown. They got construction going on everywhere now too. So it's They're just. expanding. Yeah. The it's, Northern Delawareans are moving south. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're tired of this shit up here, up north. We're moving down to the south. <laughs> like we're getting out of here. <laughs> so, I'm finally learning what slower lower is after all these years. Yep. Lower slower Delaware. Am I allowed, LSD. Am I allowed to say that? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm absolutely. from Jersey. I'm an outsider. Yeah. Can I say that? Hey, you know what? A lot of people that believe it or not, lower Delaware, it's become populated with a lot of people from Jersey because they want to avoid all the high taxes and Delaware's cheap living. You know, in comparison to New York, Pennsylvania, Jersey, you know, Delaware, you want to count Maryland. Maryland's probably just as cheap, but Delaware's closer I to Philadelphia. Delaware to Maryland. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, I haven't explored Maryland, Maryland one much. I heard that some of the food's amazing. I'm sure there's some very nice parts to Maryland. You know, there's some very good employers for, you know, people in my field in Maryland. So I will choose these words very wisely. <laughs> I will just say that I notice that when you cross the border, the roads suddenly get worse <laughs> you feel the pavement change under your tires and that pavement change sometimes comes with a crack in the road or a pothole which whose fault is that mine it's not delaware's fault it's not maryland's fault i drove over that pothole all right should that pothole have been there no, no. did i decide to cross state lines yes, yes. <laughs> so is my complaining really warranted no not really so Maybe that's what Maryland's good for. Maybe it's good psychological training to cross the state lines. You know, I would say so because you sorry, know, Maryland. Yeah, where, also, where we I don't are, like your flag. <laughs> where we are right now, we're on Elkton Road. So if you just go two miles down that way, it's that's Maryland. Yep. So, but my thing is every single day. Okay, I wake up in the morning, and I have to drive uh, about twenty-three to twenty-five miles, depending on which route I take. If I take 95 north, it's about 25 and a half. If I go through Kirkwood Highway, through uh, through Elkton Road, then I get down on uh, you know 
Delaware Ave, uh, Academy Street, you know, just around literally at the heart of the University of Delaware. It's about 20 to 23 miles. But either way, either which way I go, guys, generally, it takes anywhere from 45 minutes to roughly one hour to get to where I need to go. And it's ridiculous. You know, you would think, and, and frankly, I will just say it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous that it takes that long to get anywhere in this fucking state, number one. But number two, I realize, first of all, like, that's something I cannot control. You know what I mean? I'm not the governor. I'm not whoever. Okay. I can't control as to when and how these guys, um, you know, decide to do construction around here, how many lanes they decide to shut down. I mean, maybe one day if they hired me, I could help them with the operations of that. Cause that, that is what I do. I do operations. But until then, there's really nothing that, that I can do about it. The best thing I can do is take responsibility and be accountable and plan ahead because I know that the issue and the problem is there. So, but you know, every single morning I wake up, honestly, I, I, I don't really want to get out of bed, you know, cause it's early. Nobody really wants to get out of bed in the morning. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to just sit. Yeah. Like you they want to like just getting up early in the morning. It's like the world is asleep and it's all for you. Sometimes I just really love those early sunrises, you know? You know what? He, here's you the get funny a part. Head start and you don't even have to be all that productive. It's just you get to be there for yourself and then everyone else catches up. Yeah. You know? Here's the funny so part about that. In the morning. Here's the funny part about that. If I do wake up early, I feel great. Like I feel great. Like I feel accomplished yeah. in some way, but the actual act of getting up and actually getting myself up, man, I, I kind of, I dread it. You know what I mean? Have a glass of water and, by your bed. Drinking yeah, water, that. I swear, it's like better than coffee sometimes. Yeah. Just drinking a glass of water right when you wake up. If I have to get up really early for work, I have to, I don't know, run an experiment or something. I'll just have a glass of water by my bed. And I swear, I don't know if it's placebo or what, but water is good for you. Maybe the Delaware water is not that good for you, <laughs> but water is good for you. So can't really you know yeah hurt well yeah i mean maybe I'll, I'll i'll start doing that from this point on but you know i usually i get on the road okay and it's funny i can go left or right coming out of my apartment complex there's no other way to go you know so i have a choice i but if i go right i then go to 95 but i know going if i go, get on to 95 north it's going to be very likely, chances are, it's going to get, it's going to be too crowded. It's going to be too backed up and I'll be probably anywhere from 20 to 30, sometimes maybe an hour, uh, uh, one hour late to work. But if I go left, I will probably get there on time. Probably. The only problem is, is uh, people in Delaware don't drive the way that I want them to, which is my own fault. I have no control over that. This is kind of this is go, going to kind of go with what you just said earlier. I love Delaware so, drivers. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, but the other thing too is there's a traffic light every eighth of a mile. Okay, and you know I find myself speeding through the intersections because of course I want to beat all the lights because the lights are timed. You know, if you get through one light and if you can get through two or three of them in a row, uh, in a row, yeah, keep then the pace. Yeah, you probably shaved a f at least maybe five to ten minutes off your trip. Whereas if you get stuck behind every single light, you're going to be there and you're going to be like, man, like it's going to add a ton of time onto your journey. And honestly, mm -hmm. you know what? It pisses me off. And sometimes I am running late and I am. You know what I'm doing? I'm riding up somebody's ass 
right behind them because they won't move fast enough. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know what? Fucker, like, move. Like, I'm flashing you. Like, I'm right up on your ass. Like, fucking move. Like, some of us have to try to get to work. And you know what I, you know what I do? I rationalize this in my head. I sit there and I say to myself, like, I don't know who the fuck you are. You're probably somebody who's on unemployment just trying to get to your whoever's place so you can just sit and smoke dope all day or whatever. Some of us actually have to work. You know what I mean? Like, clear the fucking road so we can get there. But you know what? Honestly, very likely, none of that is true. Okay. This is right. all my fault. You know, there's another hint of something in there. Yeah. So it was, you were lacking responsibility by yeah. leaving work earlier. So then you were leaving all, my so, apartment earlier. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Or, yeah. Right. Your, Either which way. Your, yeah. Your apartment rather. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I can, you know, sympathize with this because I've been there at a time or two, but when you're frustrated and you're like thinking about what the person in front of you is probably doing like, Oh my God, what are they thinking about? How could you drive so slowly? Like, you know, keep right, except the pass or something. It's my Jersey speech. Um, you know, you almost think of them as they don't have something as important as you, exactly. as if you are being responsible by going to do something that you think is important. So by you not wanting to acknowledge that you played a role in your situation, you were not as responsible as you should have been. Yeah. You are making a story in your mind that is basically conflating yourself with this responsibility or, or this pride or, or this sense of well being that you just don't have in that moment. Like, Oh, well I have an important job to go to. Um, okay. Well then why didn't you leave earlier? It, you're basically making up a story that, gives you a sense of responsibility and accountability that you honestly lacked 20 minutes prior when you were trying to leave your house. Yep. So internally, you know what happened. Mm -hmm. And rather than acknowledging the role you played in the situation, you're blaming some stranger. And in that story, you're somehow hyping yourself up Mm -hmm. to have the personality traits, characteristics, and habits that you is really responsible. that you honestly lacked. Yep. So the way how you look at people and the things you blame them for and and how you hype yourself in such a situation subconsciously or whatever is kind of like your brain talking to you saying, "Well, you know, this is your fault." And it's for these exact reasons actually we uh, these are all connected. I mean, it's like a mirror image, you know? And I've been there. I oh, totally yeah. get well, that. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know what's funny too? That's why it's important is, to look at those situations. Yeah. And and you know what? I do it every single day. Like it, it's funny. Like I'm riding this person's ass, like, and I'm thinking to myself, like, like how the fucker or why the hell are you going so slow? Just as everything, you know, you had just described. But then I said to myself, I was like this, like I looked down at my speedometer, okay, because obviously I'm maintaining I'm maintaining a certain following distance, okay? but I'm not getting any farther or any closer to him uh, than I already am. So I'm thinking to myself, myself, our speeds must be the same. And I look down at the speedometer and I see it's 45 miles an hour. I look at the posted speed limit, it's 45 miles an hour. And I say to myself, I'm like, Ray, the guy's or woman is just doing what he or she is supposed to do. They are on the road, they are obeying the speed limit, okay? You should be as well. This person, you're up this person's ass right now, okay? Because you are in a rush. You're late. It's not this person's fault. This person is here 
getting to wherever they are trying to get to, which they have a right to do, and they're obeying the rules. You are not, and you're here, and you know you're, and you're, you're sitting, you're autumn, like you have no, you don't even know what this person looks like, and you're here, and you're saying to yourself that they're irresponsible. They're probably just like it's like how the fuck do you come to that type of conclusion? But then I quickly I say I've learned say to myself I'm like you know you know what okay had I just decided to get up right when the first alarm decided to wake me. I would not be here right now. Mm. Um, when you decided to set the first alarm. <laughs> you know what? I, I set like four of them just in this case. This is I actually sleep. really good practice for us. I this mean, is. we know these things and we're talking about yeah, it. Yeah. Like, but it's easy to put on your philosophical hat and go, oh, I could do this. This is great. But, yeah. you know, if I see that guy rubbing his stomach one more time, I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to do. You know, the, well, you know, it's funny too. Yeah. Just trying but, to drive, man, put yeah, that away. Well, you know, I, I'm also sitting there. I think to myself too, as far as like in the morning, sometimes I do get up right when, right when my first alarm gets me up. And then I say to myself, like, but then it might've been Ray, you decided to not drink your coffee as fast as you normally do. Or maybe t this morning you decided to make breakfast and that's why you're late. Or maybe you forgot your lunch, so you had to rush back into the apartment. Nobody's there to uh, lock the door up, so you had to turn off your car, take the keys out, go all the way up the stairs, get in there, grab the thing real quick, and then make sure that the apartment is locked before you left. It's like all those sorts of things. But then I say to myself, I'm like, like it's, it's human. Sometimes you just, you do those things but it is still your fault at the end of the day. And then I say to myself, I'm like, you know what? Like, like it is what it is. And I call myself down. I'm like, okay, look, that's not this person's fault because you know, what's funny is there are plenty of times I'm on the road and I'm not in a rush. I'm not in a hurry. Maybe I left earlier than I should have. And there's somebody speeding past me, weaving in and out of traffic and probably and came right up on my ass. And you know what's funny? He's probably thinking the same thing of me right. that I think th that I thought of other people when I was in that situation. Yet I'm there this time, and I'm thinking to myself, kind of like, "Sheesh, buddy, what what the fuck's your problem? Like, are you are you there? Like, you right. must not have a good boss to to answer to or something. And you're probably late. And you know, sheesh, man, you know, sucks to be you. You know what I mean? Or maybe you're you're trying to get home because you have a shitty ass fucking wife and you know, she's like, she's all, all like, Derek, you better get home at this hour. If you don't, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of mm. like, damn, I wouldn't want to be you. And the guy that's driving a little more calmly, maybe he did everything right. Yeah. Maybe he or she left at the time they meant to and they have their act together. They have their lunch packed. They drank their coffee on time. They did everything right. And they have their act together. Everything's going according to their plan. And they're going to a job interview. And they're reciting it. They don't want to get there earlier. What are they going to do? Sit there awkwardly. It's summertime. In the hot car. No. Why don't you drive calmly with the air conditioning and review your interview questions? Now imagine they plan their whole day. They're doing all these interview questions. They're enjoying the air conditioning so they don't walk into a job interview with, you know, sweat stains on their shirt. And... Then someone comes up speeding behind them, pressuring them. That person did everything right. Well, no one's really entitled to anything in this world. I would feel like they're more entitled in a slight degree. Actually, I hate using this word, so I'll just say they did everything right. They don't want someone riding up on their ass on the highway. 
They're just going to a job interview. So yeah. maybe that guy you were driving behind was on time. They did everything they were supposed to do. Now, the caveat I would say is uh, <clears throat> for those of you who are not from New Jersey, we have a keep right except the pass law. <laughs> so when you are on the turnpike, please, for the love of all that is holy and good in this world, keep right except the pass. Yeah, keep right this except the pass. This does not mean I'm going 70 miles an hour. Oh, I am so good. I'm speeding a little bit. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> If you, you see somebody in a white Honda Civic, are you <laughs> are you passing somebody? No, the right lane is for you. So I would just say, you know, I'm not saying you should not tailgate people because you are not so entitled that the laws of physics do not apply. If someone hits their brakes, you're going to get into a car accident. Yep. If there's a baby in the back seat, you probably just hurt a baby. So mm -hmm. or a kid or an elderly person, you know, just you could hurt people. So don't be an asshole. But. If you want, if we want to talk about, you know, how driving this speed limit in the left lanes, okay. In Delaware, you have different laws than we do. So, you know, when in Rome, do as the Romans, you know, when in Jersey, do as the New Jerseyans yep. and, uh, keep right, except the pass. Um, but yeah, no, otherwise everything you said makes a lot of sense. And I think it's just kind of scary how every time we have an opinion about something or review the world a certain way, we're actually really projecting so much back out. That's so interesting to me. And that's what everything we think or see or interpret is so critical to examine, you know, not to get so nerdy, but maybe this isn't part why Socrates was saying the unexamined life is not worth living because what's the point of living? Mm -hmm. It's to grow. Yeah. It's to improve. I think the purpose of life is to be your best self. If you're not growing, you're dying. Or and considering the really opposite wrong. of death is life and, you know, in life you grow and stuff. I, I just feel like this just makes a lot of sense to have a fulfilled, happy life. You have to be the best you can be. And this is why when people aren't doing their best or they're BSing themselves or throw, throw like the whole motivation thing out the window. That's just another high. That's just another excuse. Oh, I did well today because I was motivated. Bullshit. Fuck your motivation. You should do well because it's your value system to do well. You should be successful in your life or doing the things you want to do or even if you don't have big goals or dreams at least be happy content and good at what you're doing or at least be a peaceful person be a good citizen just fully live out the ideals you want to emulate and you do this by accepting responsibility you do this by noticing how your beliefs are shaping your outside circumstances another big thing i've learned about this recently and i love this concept um, I guess a little bit of the whole of uh, of a backtrack here. I'm sure you heard of this whole thing, like the law of attraction and stuff. Oh yeah, and, you know, there's the side of that to me that makes a lot of sense, and then there's the woo woo side. So I'm a physicist. Um, all that quantum mechanics crap that people throw about vibration, this blah blah blah, throw it out the freaking window. The world does not work that way, folks. Um, however, you brain your brain does have something called the reticular activating system which means your brain is constantly seeking information that confirms its beliefs so when people just feel like they yes. always have bad luck at every turn some people are naturally more unlucky than others you know i'm not you know there's some terrible stuff happening in the world this week i don't want to say that uh guys just put on a smile and everything's going to be no some some things are bad some things are brutal but you, you know, it's your brain takes in. I just heard this statistic on a podcast, actually, which is ironically a motivation podcast. I've been kind of crapping the whole motivation thing this this session. 
but the guy has a good psychological background, I think. And uh, I forget what the podcast is called. I'd give it a shout out. But anyway, um, it's uh, he was saying how your brain takes in, I think, two trillion bits of information at a moment per second. I don't know what the rate is, but you're consciously aware of 200 bits. So your brain is taking in all the sounds, the smells, everything in the room and in your environment, but you're actually only reacting, responding, emotionally connected to, uh, what was the number? 200. I said 2 trillion. And then I said 200. 200, Yeah. So what that's a 10 to the 12 to one tenth to the 10th of that information. Right. That's very little. And, uh, So your brain takes what's useful and what's going to be useful is reinforcing beliefs because your brain doesn't, this is another thing I learned actually the, maybe it was this week I learned this. I I really like this idea in, in neuroscience and psychology where your brain doesn't just store facts. Your brain's not like an, an encyclopedia. Your brain stores rules, right? So the example I, I read online was, uh, let's say there's a kid and a kid sees a four-legged animal for the first time and it's a dog. The kid's going to know, okay, um, animal uh, body like this, four legs dog. And then then the kid sees a cat. The kid's going to make a connection to the dog until the kid learns that that's a cat. And now the kid understands that in the world of four-legged animals, some are dogs and some are cats. So we get rules and we we make as broad generalizations with these rules as possible and then we get more rules and we further refine them. So yeah, our brains naturally make broad sweeps about the world and tries to make assumptions. And um, this goes into confirmation bias. Yeah. So you have to be very careful with the information you're taking in and how you're relating to this information. So yeah, the law of attraction does work at least to a degree. What you focus on, you're going to have more in your life. You probably see your car everywhere. I see white Honda Civics everywhere. Not that many people have them. It's just my brain knows to look out for them because I drive one. That's the same thing. Are people nice? Are people generally good in your opinion? Well, you're probably trying to focus on that to a degree. And then as you focus on that and you get better people in your life or you're in better situations, you're going to have an internal state that better reflects that. And you're going to have a feedback mechanism. And the trouble is everyone feels entitled. They want the external event before they have the internal event. Mm -hmm. But you do attract what you are, not because of some woohoo science quantum mechanics BS. Or your Zodiac sign. Well, I mean, I'm an Aries, so back off. (laughs) (laughs) No. So really it's just the world responds to your internal state, not in an entitled way, but it just kind of makes sense. I mean, we wouldn't really be friends if we were jerks to each other. We have friends because we believe in being nice to people and other things like this, right? Um, we have jobs because we believe in certain attributes about being a good worker and, and things like this. Um, it, so it's not that we're entitled to work. It's not that we're entitled to friendship, but you have internal states that you cultivate, that you pay attention to, that puts you in situations and gives you higher likelihoods of having these things that you find preferable. Yeah. And, you know, to what you just said, which is absolutely correct, it's amazing how some people, what they prefer, I guess, or maybe they're just unaware, 
is they prefer not to take responsibility or they prefer, you know, maybe they are aware of it in some way, shape or form, but they just choose not to because it is because it is painful to do so, as you said earlier. And they Mm -hmm. then what they do is they try to shift blame or they put blame on other people. Now, this is going to kind of I'm going to use this example because this is something that happened in real life. It happened actually uh, very recently. So there was um, a person. Um, you know, somebody that I guess, um, you know, I, I was, uh, dealing with, uh, an associate of mine and, um, you know, this person, you know, is pretty, pretty intelligent, you know, pretty good. Um, you know, has all the tools, has all the tools for success, whatever you want to call it. Um, but this person I've noticed just either is unwilling or has, or is just incapable of taking personal responsibility. And so what happened recently with this person was they were, they're they're very insecure about this one particular thing that uh, I guess is going on in their life. And it's actually a major accomplishment. I looked at this particular thing and I thought it was a good, it was a big uh, accomplishment, but this person for some reason, um, just kind of as you were saying earlier, Somebody can tell you all that they want, that they think that this is great, what have you. Um, You know, it doesn't last long, though, because they don't internalize it or they don't believe it themselves. They don't really, um, uh, you know, I guess, I don't know, uh, what was it, like place value or, um, you know, they don't. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, I have a further explanation to this, but I was just talking a lot. So, um, yeah, essentially place value is your answer. Yeah. So go ahead. But the thing is, though, Uh, This person recently, like I was building this person up a lot. You know, that's one of the things I really like to do. Everybody and anybody that knows me personally or just knows me through my social media, you know, I like to be positive and you know, I like to just build people up. And that's what I was doing with this person. I was trying to can confirm. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I was trying to build this person up though. Well, there was uh, something recently, uh, you know, this person just, I guess they misunderstood what I was trying to say. I just made a very brief observation and it was amazing. This person just, they, they just, they turned on me suddenly. They just suddenly, I mean, not, not like an overly hostile way, but suddenly it became this, oh, woe is me. You think blah, blah, blah because of X, Y, and Z. Oh, let me guess. Just not good enough for you. Ooh, boo-hoo. Like, poor me. You know, gee, thanks, man. Like, it literally they suddenly turned sound into... like Eeyore. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, but, but, but seriously, that's what it sounded like. And honestly, one thing about me, like, everybody and anybody that knows me, and I think, like, one thing is... I hate, like, I just, I hate, I hate, I hate the victim mentality, especially when you try to throw it onto me, like somehow I wronged you, I wronged you somehow, and somehow I'm this victim now because you said this, and it's like, no, it's like, buddy, first of all, number one, that now, there's huge shades of grave with what I'm about to say because I've had a retorts for this. Everybody goes, oh, well, that's your truth, Ray. It's like, no, number one, like, first of all, like, I made an observation or I told you the fucking truth, okay? Like, I told you, hey, like, 
you know, this, that, and the third, whatever, what have you. But you decided to internalize that and decided to take it as, well, Ray was just, he was attacking me somehow. Ray was trying to do me harm. And it's like, no, like that's not what I was trying to do. And like, actually, I didn't say anything negative to this person at all. Like I simply made an observation. This person decided to internalize it. And it, it, it and that's the other thing. This person, and there are people out there that no matter what it is, external, internal, it has to be negative. It's defaulted to this negative crap. And I don't know where. activating system. Yeah, well, honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know where, where it comes from, but this person decided to take my observation or my comment, like my observation negatively. And they asked me to clarify it. And I said, no, that's, I didn't mean anything uh, negative uh, by that. But then, like I said, it, 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 you know, this person had to jump to this, oh, woe is me type of thing. And honestly, like, I hate that. Like it, it gets on my nerves like it pisses me off beyond belief. That's one of my my biggest pet peeves. Like, don't sit there and try to tell me that I was trying that I somehow hurt you because of whatever. Like, anyway. But I'm I'm gonna move on to the to, to the next bit of what happened. But this person decided to act that way. Suddenly becomes oh well, gee, thanks, man. And I was just kind of like, I mean, I just I told the truth. I was I expressed how I felt. I told this person I was like, you know, how you felt or the truth. Uh, well, I think, well, yeah, one of them is definitely how I felt, but I think the other part of it too is it was actually the truth as I see it. And I, and I, I say that because like I said, I'm not, I don't have the only, I don't have the master perspective on life and, right. and how people should take me, whatever. But I told this person, I said, look, I said, first of all, I already told you that's not what I meant. I already clarified that for you. I said, the other thing too, is I said, it is really stupid and it is really pathetic when you decide to sit there and play the whole, play the victim and, you know, get this whole victim mentality and go, oh, woe is me. And, oh, you, you hurt me somehow and point the finger at me. And then I was just kind of like, you know, honestly, it's annoying I've told you this before, how much this annoys me. I really don't like it. And like, I just wish you, that you would, you fucking stop. You know what I mean? And then this person, it was amazing. Afterwards, suddenly everything becomes, you know, we spoke afterwards. This person then took it even further. They took it even further. And here's what I mean. This person then decided to say, wow, that's really rude. You just said, I was pathetic. You just said that what I did was childish or blah, or, or th that I'm childish or that I'm pathetic. And it's like, no, that's not what I said. I said that your behavior, what you just decided to do was frankly pathetic. It's annoying. Mm -hmm. But then it suddenly became, I'm like, it, it suddenly becomes, well, Ray said, I'm pathetic. He said, I'm annoying. He said, but it's just like, I didn't say any of that shit though. I was merely calling you out on your behavior and how, uh, and, and that first of all, like it was not, was not warranted number one and how I don't like this type of shit. And you know, I don't like this type of shit. You know what I mean? But this person like, but, but that kind of goes back to my core point, which is some people, they just, they can't take responsibility and they need to play this whole you know, I'm a victim. 
I'm not responsible type of thing because where all of this is really rooted actually, I think with this person and just people in general is they don't have enough confidence in themselves. Maybe other people were telling them all of these negative things. No, what you're doing actually isn't so great. And they've decided to internalize all of the negative things. You know, they're, they're not sitting there and they're not saying to themselves, okay, I don't feel bad or I feel bad because of me, you know, because I place value on everybody else's opinion but myself or but my own. I should be happy with what I'm doing right now. I just accomplished this great big thing that, you know, I guess most people don't do or most people don't do this early on. You know, hey, go me. Instead of being like that, they value other people's opinions or this person, though, they did not. They realized, I think, I think they realized that what they what they did, their act of being petty and acting like the victim was not the right thing to do or it was not the best thing to do in that moment. And I think that they knew that it, it stemmed from them and that they should be responsible for it, but they did not want to be responsible for it. So they did everything that they could to kind of put it on me. It's suddenly, oh, like I feel bad about myself because of what I did. It annoyed the hell out of you, Ray. I don't feel good about it, but I don't want to be responsible for that because it's too painful to be responsible with the fact that I just did something that, of course, was my fault. I guess, in a sense, annoyed slash hurt you and has kind of damaged our friendship, but I don't want to be responsible for that. So I'm going to flip everything around and I'm going to blame you for it because it's easier to put the blame on you than it is for me to take responsibility for what I just did. Hence, this person was saying, you just said that I was pathetic. You just said that I was annoying. You just said all of these other negative things about me, Ray. When in truth, I didn't say any of that. It's like... Right. Well, in part, this is why being your highest self or your best self in every situation is really important because, well, there's a few factors. Um, one, it helps you deal with situations like this where you're not sure if blame is warranted and you could at least have peace of mind that if you feel like you didn't do anything wrong, then good for you. Um, sometimes you could do nothing wrong and someone else just has a different preference or um, has a boundary that has to be set or whatever. And as long as you guys can come to some agreement and kind of go from there. Uh, the other important thing, you're pretty fired up in that situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it fucking annoyed me. It really did. Like You annoyed the- yourself about it. Yeah. This is not victim blaming, by the way. You can't use what I'm about to say as a license to mistreat people, be an asshole, um, and just get away with things that you should not be doing. Mm-hmm. So if there's any person here like that, um, close your ears. Everyone else with common sense and a decent sense of morality, feel free to listen. Um, you have a set of beliefs that warranted such a strong emotional response Mm -hmm. and that is your responsibility yeah so in that situation i mean there's a lot of good things there right like um you were uh, strong in your convictions which is usually a good thing also i remembered my previous thought um it's about confidence so don't let me forget that um it's a uh you know you were strong in your beliefs which is usually good if you're coming from a good place if you think about your beliefs if you think about how emotions are related to to your to your internal state you you're normally very in tune with yourself and part of the thing this is what they mean when they say are you a good friend to yourself 
if you have these deep and hard conversations and you can actually break down the nitty gritty that's working inside your mind, you just live way more harmoniously. Um, I have so many thoughts in my head. I keep on losing them. Um, yeah, take I your was time. talking about, there was a confidence thing mm-hmm. and then we, I was just mentioning, uh, what? How I'm, uh, I guess my convictions, how, uh, yeah. And oh yeah. Your, con- oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'll just speed it up. So I don't no, you're good. forget you're good. you, um, have a boundary to keep, which is good. I believe you can, you should have boundaries, a sense of respect things that you will tolerate and things you won't tolerate. And this doesn't mean you blow up and you're emotionally reactive and you're a big cry baby and you point the finger. No, it just means you have a level of self-respect just because you could be a cool, calm, collected person who is emotionally put together or has their life in order. doesn't mean you have to take things just because you don't see yourself as a victim. Doesn't mean you have to accept behavior that you don't appreciate. So in this case, I mean, I would look at that guy and I'd feel bad for him. He's obviously in turmoil. Um, You know, he's obviously taking something that you said. And rather than, I mean, I've known you for a long time. You don't do anything malicious. So he's taking something that is likely at least neutral and then spinning in a bad way. That goes back to that reticular activating system. I was saying his brain is viewing something. And actually, this probably isn't what the reticular activating system is about. So if there's any psych people on here, I'm sorry if I'm making a mistake, but he's at least interpreting things in a negative lens. Mm -hmm. And this negative lens is confirming his core beliefs. And he's having an an emotional response um, that is directly connected to ways that he views himself and views the world. He probably views himself as weak. He probably views himself in a way as incapable or as deserving things. He probably views the world in a negative lens. And his brain has a bias to take neutral information or good information or even bad and just make it worse. And people can be victims of things. Bad things can happen to you. But there's a difference between something that's not pleasurable, something that you didn't want, something you don't prefer, and suffering. And the suffering is the extra layer of something happened that I didn't like and I'm going to I'm going to entertain beliefs that are mal that are maladaptive these maladaptive thoughts and behaviors and it will exacerbate bad emotions so everyone's always caught up on the emotion I feel this way blah blah yeah your feelings tell you if something is if if your external environment is in accordance with your beliefs and how things should go or are not it's not like emotions you know come up out of nowhere or like this person's just extra angry or or something it's emotions are just your brain's way of understanding things so yeah he had an emotion because his brain interprets things in this way so yeah you gotta feel bad for him because this goes into everything hell he probably pours cereal and doesn't like his cereal you know it's just (laughs) it's just something that is probably chronically happening everywhere. So yeah, I, if, I, if I were you, I would have had some strength in my convictions. Of course, you need to do this. I mean, it's just a mark of a mature and confident individual as long as you're not you know, cocky and such um, or you're not arrogant. You, you know, gave him a chance to speak, which is good. You had a boundary set, which was good. But then you got a bit extra upset. And that's because on your side, you had a set of beliefs that he was against. 
Yeah. In your mind, you probably think, well, people shouldn't do this, shouldn't do X, Y, and Z. Well, people do. I mean, how we even had Ted Bundy for a while. Ted you Bundy. know, like people do things and not to compare this, you know, poor tormented soul to a horrible, horrible human being. I don't mean to do such a thing, but <laughs> like you get my point, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, you could have been upset. That's totally warranted. You could have not preferred it. Totally warranted. You had an opinion about how that guy acted. It was annoying and that's okay. It's the extra stuff you put onto it, the extra opinions on the situation. And sometimes what I like to do is break things down into their plain fundamental constituents and try to remove my opinion from it. Because really, this is all your brain is doing. Your brain says, I believe this. I see this. How does the thing I see relate to what I believe? And based on how that calculation works, I will raise good or bad emotions. Yeah. Those good or bad emotions will put you towards action or towards inaction. Those actions or inactions will then cause habits. Those habits go into your external circumstances. If you have bad habits, you're going to have bad times at work. You're going to have bad times with family. If you have good habits, you're going to be healthier. You're going to be happier, more fulfilled. Some people might call that good luck and bad luck. It's honestly just habits that are properly adapted to the external world or maladaptive. Um, and then you have a feedback loop. Yeah, It's really all it is. And uh, in regards to whether he has confidence in himself or not, I think confidence really just comes from trying to be your best self because lack of confidence comes from comparison. And we don't have to compare ourselves to everybody else. If someone has a great life and you want something like that, you got to fucking go for it. Yeah. You got to realize you can have so much more in your life than what you currently have. But it's not because they have it or it's not because they're better than you. It's just you can be your best self and maybe your best self can have that. Yeah. It's really just a game against yourself. That's what growth is. That's what this game of life is. A good life is being your best self. A bad life is failing to be your best self. And that is always your fucking fault. fault. Yep. That's always your fault. Yeah. If you define life as I'm going to be my best self, I will be my best self by having good habits. I will have good habits by having a good in, uh, relationship with my internal world and my external world. I understand that my emotions are related to my, how the external world relates to my core beliefs. I understand that I can, I have full responsibility in understanding my core beliefs and correcting them if they're faulty, such as illogical or just negative towards other people. You should be someone who views the world logically and objectively while realizing you're a social animal. So you should take care of other people. You should love other people. You should be a good citizen. You should be helpful. You should be attentive. You should be loving because this is what humans are supposed to do. We're a tribal species for millions of years. We've gotten along by being kind to each other. You have an innate thing inside of you that makes you want to be good to people. This is why people who are bad people are also miserable They're, I think they're denying a poor of their, uh, a part of their human nature. I almost, I tried to connect the words, combine the words part and core. So poor, I guess, uh, yeah. the poor of their human nature. Um, but yeah, so that's, I think that's why his confidence is low probably, but, no, but notice like this is stuff I've had to think about. So now I'm projecting my 
stuff that's been on my mind this week, honestly, into something you're saying about a guy I don't know about something I've never heard before. So even though I feel very objective in this moment, I am still projecting. And it's really helpful to realize you feel way more in control and you feel way more confident because so much stuff just goes out of the equation. Yeah. Like realization is a big part of it. Like, you know, I I can probably almost guarantee you, or I shouldn't say guarantee, but I could just say there's a good chance this person, this person I notice has always had a really hard time accepting responsibility from what I was told just in the way that it seemed to me, this person just really honestly wasn't raised to be responsible. I don't know. Like it just, um, and that's not his fault. Yeah. Until he realizes it. Right. Then he has to parent himself and then it's his fault. And I don't think he has realized that yet. Which is where sympathy comes in. Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton of sympathy and, and don't get me wrong. I got my, panties in a bun. I got myself all emotional and, and upset because I kept seeing this pattern of behavior and it finally just got on my last nerve. So I decided to lash out. But you know what? I should have taken responsibility and I should have said to myself, you know what? Like this person, like this is something that's truly external. You should not allow this to bother you and just have it stir up all of those emotions. Like you could be more focused on something else. You could be hell, you know, I could just be more focused on just enjoying fucking Netflix rather than give this person the time of day, you know, and just and get that upset over it. You yeah. know, N- not to say that it, that you're perfect and that that's the way it should be all the time. No, you, you, you do want to um, definitely of course set boundaries and then, show people sometimes you definitely need to show people how much this means to you and that you really don't like this because people don't respond to it's funny negative behavior doesn't really stop defined Uh, as such against your boundaries boundaries or 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 like not to be too nitpicky it's just what do you mean by like negative behavior in the sense of like how this guy was treating you or how this guy gets out of bed in the morning i guess i guess in general like okay so um, it's a general thing yeah so in general you know negative behavior is never uh really combated i think through kindness though i will say so take for example it's kind of like the classic um um, villain versus good guy, villain um, trying to, you know, negatively, I guess, attack or impact society, if you will, like a criminal, a, a criminals out there and they, they do what they do. They rob, they shoot, they steal, whatever have you. Okay. Misdemeanor. Th- the only way that they learn from their behavior generally, at least from the way society, you know, teaches us. And this is kind of broad, but it's in general as well, whatever. But I, I think it holds true. If, if somebody goes and robs a bank and the police show up and the police go, excuse me, sir. Hi, how are you? That's not very nice. Please just don't do that again. You know, the the, the, the person who's robbing the bank isn't going to sit there and go, oh, yeah, sure. You know, yeah, OK. Like, you know, because when they see that there's really that there's no consequence for it, they will do it like in turn, they will go and do it again. You know, part of what stops people from doing certain things is knowing that there are some big consequences that come along with doing this if they get caught, what have you. And I think, like I said, so 
So, and that kind of goes with me setting my boundaries. I think one side of the coin is, well, Ray, you could have decided not to get so emotional. That is your fault that you got so emotional. And yeah, sure it is. On the other side of the coin or same side, of wh- however the expression goes, you could just say, well, no, Ray, like you, you were setting your boundaries. Like you were showing this person how much this really means to you. And you would just like for them not to do that anymore. You know, you can have emotion. It just should be controlled and in proportion, you know? So for example, you know, you can not even really for example, just go off with what you were saying. You can, be upset. You can be stern. You could furrow your brow a bit. You could have a you know, more um, like upset voice or whatever. That's fine. Yeah. It's just, just understand, I guess, where everything comes from because you're not just going to control your emotions without suppressing them. I mean, really the only, really it's just if you had the right beliefs about the situation, you would have had the corresponding emotion. So the whole point isn't to not have emotion or to, you know, you want to have control and regulation, but really what that means is you can reflect what's occurring on your beliefs and see if they make sense. Your emotions just reflect how the outside world relates to your beliefs, essentially. Yeah. Right. I see what you're saying, but sometimes I I really just, like to take it a step back because in the end it, it's just it's it's so simple you just have to look at your core beliefs and that's that's your responsibility it's not like you need to uh have this superhuman strength on like x y and z you should have emotional restraint sometimes you know like if you're in a place where you can't be upset and you have the right to be upset you know yeah sure sometimes you have to put your emotions in a box and you handle it later you know you need to be a mature adult right um but in the end it's you're always going to have emotions you can't not have an emotion even the lack of an emotion is just emotional emptiness which to me is still an emotion you can't not have it but this goes back to why validation external validation is so bad yeah and this is also in another way how our brain works is i forgot what it was you had or 90 percent of the thoughts you had today or the thoughts you had yesterday this is why like journaling is so important we are such creatures of habit if you just talk to somebody and like you tell them how you feel like you know it may impact them or whatever or was the point I'm trying to make it's sometimes just trying to control your emotions isn't enough. Sometimes just trying to hear a motivational podcast or something is just not enough. It's because if your beliefs don't change, you're going to have the same thoughts tomorrow and you're going to have the same habits tomorrow and you're going to have the same interactions with the world and your brain's going to have the same reticular activating system. That's going to interpret the same events, which is confirmation bias, which is, further digging you down the damn rabbit hole that you don't want you are digging yourself into a deeper grave like this and the only thing that's going to help is not some quote not some live laugh fucking love on your wall it's you just have to get down and dirty with your core beliefs and see does this belief make sense you're like oh i feel something well why huh Ooh, i don't really like how i feel okay well why well it's because this person did, did xyz okay but why? Well, because of this, but why? And you dig, dig and you're like, oh, well, because I believe this is bad. Okay. 
And then you decide, it, does this belief make sense? Or how can I use the, maybe this situation I don't like to my advantage? And then suddenly someone bothering you becomes an advantage. Not that you want to use people, but rather than just be upset about a situation, there's something you, you can gain. And then suddenly your emotions change and how you see the world changes and your environment changes and your mood changes and your habits change and your characteristics change and your personality. And this is kind of the core of what I'm talking about. You know, this is why to me it's so fundamentally simple. And what you were just saying, and let it go back to you now. Um, you were saying how it's so hard to get down into the nitty gritty and it's hard to just sit down and really think about these core beliefs. And I think you're getting to the point of everyone seems like they just want to avoid this, which is pretty self-sabotaging behavior. Like this is kind of the key to life. It's the key to living well. It's the key to harmony. It's the key to success. It's the key to peace of mind. It's the key to healthy relationships. It's the antidote to most suffering. Maybe not all of your problems, but it's the antidote to excessive suffering on the things maybe you didn't want or the things you can't control. But people don't want to do it. Yeah. Or they don't know how, which I disagree with you, by the way. I don't think that person isn't incapable or is incapable of doing this. They just don't want to or they don't know about it. They just don't know how. I think everybody can do this. You don't need an IQ of 140. You don't need military experience. You don't need a fully able body. You don't need a healthy, happy family. You don't need a job. You don't need an education. You don't need money. You just need to want to do it. Yes. It starts with a choice. The good life is available to all. Yep. You just have to want to do it. No one is incapable, which goes back to the same thing in the beginning. A lot of things in this life are your fault. You really don't have an excuse. If you define the good life as this way, if you make this your life's goal to improve yourself in this fashion, so many things we worry about are still important. You still got to pay your bills. Uh, still got to do all these things. But your relation to it all changes. You know, it's um, it's another thing, actually. I, I mean, I was going to share this with you anyway, um, you know, whether we were on this podcast or not. But I'm actually I might as well take the time to share it right now because it's uh, it's pretty. Um, I mean, it's it's very relevant. It's relevant to me. And it, it's very, I think it's very relevant to to what we're talking about, of course, right now, which is having to do with validation, I guess, self belief and being able to, I guess, uh, take the responsibility and also just, um, you know, I'm not like it's the capabilities there and just being able to, um, I guess to want to want it or want it enough to affect the necessary changes, I guess that that's the, I guess going to kind of be the premise of what this is right here, but it all does have to, you know, at the end of the day, it all does come from me. You know, it doesn't come from anybody else. I'm totally responsible for it and making sure that it, that it happens, which is, you know, as you know, I started uh, doing jujitsu again as of just a couple months ago. Um, I mean, shout out to everybody over at um, Riverfront BJJ uh, here 
in uh, Wilmington, Delaware. So uh, Coach uh, Billy Shaw, um, Elise, and of course, you know, Big Pat, you know what I mean? Uh, all those guys over there, they're, they're great guys. They're, you know, um, very experienced in the, uh, the sport. They've been doing it now for a very long time. There's a lot that they know, you know, they, they've competed in this sport. I mean, hell, um, you know, Big Pat recently uh, took second place, I think, in the IBJJF, uh, you know, tournament out in, um, you know, California, which is a big deal. And, you know, just every day, you know, I go in the gym when I'm there. Um, I should be there a little bit more. Um, I'm not there as much as I would like to be or as much as I should be. Um, you know, it's very important to me, but you know, we have a great group of people over there and I really enjoy everybody there. I feel this great sense of camaraderie over there. And, um, you know, I, I really, I love everybody over there. So like I said, guys, I, I, I hope, and I know that I guess you guys are listening to this right now. So shout out to all of you. Thank you. It was one of the things I've struggled with recently uh, I mean, an element of it or a big part of it, if you will, is I guess, uh, just fear and which is I, I love the sport. Don't get me wrong, but you know, and I want to compete, um, eventually, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot and, you know, uh, I'm sure if my coaches are listening to this right now, they're probably sitting there going, Oh, well, you know, you, we, we didn't really know that. Right. You know, you haven't voiced that to us really. And you know what? Don't do it. <laughs> like it, it, but you know what? I, one thing about me is I'm not the type of guy to go around and be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do this and I want to do that. And I want to do this. And, to, and then if, if I don't, follow through on it, then it makes you look like, okay, like, you know, what, what you say isn't worth shit because you can't back up or you can't follow through on anything that you say. So it, it's been a desire of mine. It's been something, honestly, that I think about every single day when I wake up in the morning, when I go to bed at night, when I'm at work, like I just, it's in the back of my mind. I think about it all the time. It's kind of weird. I'm afraid to do it. Like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm almost afraid to do it because it, it is very tough. You have to do it. Yeah. But that's the thing. You know what? Like I have, I haven't totally, I guess the desire is there. Now, maybe there's a varying degree of desirability, whatever you want to call it, because people that really want to do it will just go and do it regardless of anything. Me, I've kind of thought of some things in my mind that maybe while are true, I think I've also kind of used it as an excuse not to do it, which is, you know, number one, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a blue belt in BJJ. So there's in competition, there's a very broad range when it comes to skill level on, you know, the blue belt level it's very broad and, you know, you could get in there and you can just get your ass kicked real quick, or you could wind up having a full, you know, four to, you know, six minute match, seven minute match, eight minute match, depending on the tournament. And so I've kind of used that as an excuse not to, not to do it. Uh, the other thing too, is my conditioning, it, you know, it does kind of suck. Um, you know, when I am rolling at the gym, I have a hard time, uh, rolling with just more than two people because I get, I get so fatigued and I get so pooped. Um, you know, I've worked on my strength and my conditioning, outside of the gym, inside of the gym. But honestly, what I'm going to say right here and how this, I guess, translates into, you know, 
this particular subject even further is this, which is I've been working on all these things. I've been training at the gym, outside of the gym. I've been running a lot. I've been working on my strength, my conditioning to try to, you know, make myself better so that way I could last a little bit longer in a BJJ uh, match. But honestly, you know what? I've realized our conversation just now, honestly, has made me realize that while that does matter, it doesn't really matter. And it does matter in the sense that it's like you have to have the physical capability, but it doesn't matter in this in this particular aspect, which is I don't totally believe that I guess that I can do it or that I will do it or that I can win in a competition. So I can do all of this training. I can work as hard as I want. But if I don't believe in myself and if I don't believe that I can actually win a competition or last in a competition, maybe I don't need to take first, second or third place. But I also strongly, you know, keep thinking to myself, man, like I can't I I wouldn't be able to last more than two matches or three matches. It almost almost none of it matters. You get what I'm saying? So sort of. Let me ask you this. What's your goal? Do you want to win one day or do you have to win every tournament i would like to win every tournament (laughs) sure sure but could you accept the fact that maybe your first tournament is going i mean i don't do bjj but i would assume that the amount of adrenaline in a tournament is different the pace between your matches is different or the time between your matches rather is different um, the guys you're going against are going to try harder. Like there's an, there's an element, there's probably three or four elements to this tournament that you can't replicate in a gym. And considering that, you know, winning or, you know, not to be cheesy, but like, you know, winners don't win all the time. They, they at least put themselves in the situations where they can accept that they might lose, but they'll learn from it. And if there's an element to this tournament that you can't replicate when you train, a necessary component of you winning one day is well showing up at all and at least giving it a shot. Yeah. And you'd be surprised. You'd be able to adapt to whatever happens. You might find that you love competing so much that how tired you are doesn't matter. Hell, you might go for a big run later that week after you recover because you're so excited about the next tournament. Like you're looking at it through the lens of someone who hasn't competed in a long time that you want things to go a certain way. When in reality, there might be ways that you relate to this tournament emotionally, physically, and such that you're not getting right now. And you'll just have a different perspective after you do it. And if you do it and you don't like it, you never have to go back. But if you want to win ever, you at least have to go. And almost everyone loses. So it's not. Yeah. If you decide that losing is not bad but not being not doing the best towards your training is bad or losing is not bad but staying in your comfort zone is bad or losing is not bad but gaining the experiences so i could win at a later date is what i need to do instead does that make sense maybe i got one of those backwards there's but you get my point yeah there's that but also more so, it's funny, as we continue, I, I start to, it comes more and more, it's surfacing a little bit more. Another thing, too, that I am also 
I guess, in fear of is maybe I win, maybe I lose regardless. But what, who knows? Because there's a point system in it unless you're doing submission only. But so maybe I might be able to win by points. But one thing I don't ever want to think about or be put in the situation in or of and then be forced to think about is does this person, does my opponent have a greater desire to win than I do? So is this, so basically giving up, is this, am I going to give up before this person does? Am I going to break before this person does? And I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, I've not voiced this to any of my teammates. I hope that they don't damn me for it. Um, but there have been plenty of times I've been in the gym and I've in, like I said, we've got some really tough guys there and I, you know, I love it. I, I love training with everybody there. You know, this, this has nothing to do with any of them. This is all totally me. And I guess this is me right now taking some, taking some responsibility for my mental impairment, but I, you know, <laughs> I blunt as fuck. <laughs> I have, you know, I, I go up against all these guys and, you know, and I notice like I get so tired sometimes or sometimes I'm not even that tired and maybe I'm just a little fatigued, but for some reason I don't seem to have the will to just totally win and follow through with everything. You know, I don't know what it is. Like I just, I just don't. And sometimes, and I can feel it. Like I can feel some of my teammates, man, they, they have an enormous will to win. You know what I mean? Maybe they just don't, some of them maybe just don't totally have the skill as of yet, just because some of them are just, are totally brand new to BJJ. But man, I can feel the strength. I can feel the will and the desire that they have. They don't want to give up. They, you know, they don't want to lose. They want to win and they're, and they're not, they refuse to break. And I just noticed one thing about myself is I've been, I break and I've been willing to just like, I don't know. I think I'm bothered by the acceptance of breaking, you know, what, what would it mean if you didn't break? How would that what would happen? Would you feel like you then have to compete because you're better than you thought? Would you feel like you'd have to go to more classes? And I don't know. I mean, sometimes I don't know. I mean, there were times in my life where I felt like I pulled back Yeah. because I wondered, well, if I'm better at this than I thought, do I have to put more time into it or something like this? Or if I'm better at this, will it take away from something else, which is a goofy way to think, but I've done it. I'm sure almost everyone listening has done it in some form or another um, fear of success is a thing fear of trying harder and failing is a thing yep. because it maybe you won't give up, but what if they beat you anyway and you put everything into it and they beat you. Whereas if they beat you when you don't fully try, you could always say, well, you know, I was holding back a little bit. Yeah. Right. There's, there's always that excuse, you know, that avenue. And uh, <laughs> so. I remember from my martial arts, you know, you feel good about your rank and, you know, you don't want to lose to someone with a stripe less than you, so to speak. You know, there's always a little bit of ego at play, at least. And uh, 
Yeah. I mean, you're doing it for some reason, you know? Yeah. But like something you believe I, I do it because I enjoy it. I, I love the, the sport of jujitsu and fundamentally what it is and what it represents in combat sports. I'm, and I think that's part of the reason why maybe like, or what I'm going to say is like, I have this, I have this thing like, you know, when I get in there, it's not a matter of skill per se. Part of it is conditioning. Yeah. You know, you could do something to, you know, make yourself just physically last longer. You know, athletes do it all the time. The skill level per se isn't necessarily on trial here. I would say it's more so my mental game. I go in there and I'm almost like, you know what? Like, I'm going to have to combat this person, not only in a physical aspect, but more so like in a mental aspect too. And, and really, I'm not mentally battling them. I'm battling myself. And you know what's weird is there have almost been some points because, you know, it's tough. Anybody that has done wrestling or has done BJJ knows this. There's some points, you know, you are so fatigued and the person's on top of you is either mounted on top of you and, you know, and you know what they're about to do. You can feel it. You know, you can feel the position of their their body, their hips, their legs, you know, where their hands are. And you know what submission attempt they're about to try to lock in on you. And you know it's coming and then it just comes and then you're there and you're just kind of like, and and you know what's weird? And I guess I've kind of beat myself up recently over certain things, which is I've almost accepted. I'm like, okay, I know this is coming. I'm so tired though. Let me just let this person defeat me. But I get so pissed off at myself afterwards. So I guess like my thing is, is like, I don't know in this particular way, kind of going back to the individual that we were talking about earlier, that person probably just doesn't know, isn't aware or doesn't know how to take responsibility. I, I guess in this particular case, I'm aware of it. I don't know how to take the responsibility or how to go about um, changing that per se. You know what I mean? You know, it's it it's nobody else's fault but my own. You know what I mean? Like my coaches do everything right. Um, you know, my training partners do everything right. You know, they're mm -hmm. there doing what they are supposed to be doing. They push me to um, you know, they put me in the compromising positions, but that's what, you know, they're supposed to do. That's how you learn. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's no, just it's, yeah. It's pretty interesting how that works. I mean, you were disappointed with yourself that you let them tap you out. Mm -hmm. So you had a response to it, which means you have a belief that letting them tap you out was bad. Okay. But the fact that you let it happen means while you believe that, you know, being a bit weak in that situation was bad, you also had the belief that for some reason it's okay to allow it to happen. You yeah. have two conflicting beliefs. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have, that's why you made that decision. And that's also why you felt badly about it. Yeah. So you're already telling yourself kind of half the answer. So yeah, you, you say you don't know what to do or how to go about it, but this is, you know, what we've both been saying. It's totally our responsibility and life is a lot simpler than everyone makes it out to be. Yep. I'm not saying life is easy. I'm not saying, you know, there's some people out there who, you know, have harder lives than we do and 
you know, that's, well, hard. And I get that. And it's easy to sit here on this nice couch in this nice apartment and this, you know, relatively decent state that, uh, you know, <laughs> sorry, Delaware, yeah. you know, it's easy to, to say how life isn't that complicated, but even if life is hard, it's not complicated. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, I mean, that's really just it. You have two different beliefs in your head. One of them shows up in an emotional response that you're disappointed which means you have a value in not giving up. You have a value in being strong, which is good values to have, might I add. But you care about that. And you didn't do it, so you're disappointed. But you also thought it was okay to stop. Yeah. Maybe you have a belief that it's okay to stop as long as you work hard enough. Maybe, maybe, and this is actually really good if you're doing BJJ, I would assume, maybe you have a weird, or not weird, Maybe you have this idea that if you're in a certain position, you don't have the skill set to get out of it. Maybe it's not that you're tired. Maybe you actually have a weak spot in your game and you're not sure. Maybe you, maybe you understand that the odds of you getting out of a out of that mount is slow is low. I, I don't know. Maybe that's a conflicting belief. You might learn something about your game if you kind of dig into that. But that's really all it is. You yeah. know, there's no magic behind it. It's just. You believe giving up is okay, and you also value not giving up. Oops. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me, actually, of... It's funny how, you know, when you talk to somebody, certain things can be uncovered, of course. And things they start yeah. to become... What is it? More or... Yeah, more dense, and they come up to the surface. It's just because we're thinking about it. That's why yeah. talking to yourself is important. Not mm-hmm. like you know, some guy on the street who's having issues. And rubbing his belly. Right, rubbing his belly. <laughs> Not that guy. Uh, <laughs> but you know, that's why like journaling's helpful, things like this, or talking to a friend, you know. Yeah. Things like this. One of the things that, you know, it's funny, our our thing right now, actually, we were just talking about what to what you just said was it reminded me a lot of uh, Michael Chandler, who is a top UFC prospect. Um, <clears throat> who was pr- previously in another promotion, um, one thing that he had said in a uh, motivational um, speech he was giving to, I think, a bunch of uh, football players, um, I think, who were in the NFL, um, he was talking to them, and he was saying one of the things he was like, you know, I was a wrestler in college. He says, I each and every year, I made it to the final match. I made it to the match that, you know, if I won, I would be considered a great all-American wrestler. He says, I always made it every single year. He says, but freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, I always came up short. I always failed. He says, and the reason why is because I gave myself permission to lose. He goes, I got, would think about things mentally. He goes, I gave myself permission to lose before even getting in there. He goes, so I lost. He says, senior year though, I guess, you know, if I remember correctly, he says, I didn't give myself permission to lose. He goes, and I wound up winning. Um, He talked about the same things in MMA. You know, he was like, you know, I went two, two or three, two to like three years without a single win. And, um, you know, he says before then, he goes, before my first loss, he says, was like shot out of a cannon. I was on fire. 
I was beating people like my first like five or six fights were finished in the first round. I won. I was on fire. You know, everybody would say that, you know, this one opponent, he was nothing but hype and he was nothing but talk and he was nothing but blah, blah, blah. He goes, but that guy wound up beating me. He goes, so then I started to believe all the things that like, I guess people had said about him, like, or I guess that he was beaten by somebody that was just hype and just talk or when he wasn't really that good. You know what I mean? He was just like, you know, he goes, my skill set didn't change. Nothing about me really changed except my mental state. And I feel like that's, that's what I struggle with. Like, you know, I struggle with my mental state. You know what I mean? I struggle with my, yeah, obviously there are probably some physical aspects and skill wise that, you know, things, my technique, I could definitely work on. Um, you know, both inside and outside of the gym. Uh, maybe I need to pay a little bit more attention to my coaches and some of the finer details as to what they're trying to explain to me. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, a lot of things, it's largely uh, mental, if you will. So, you know, but yeah, and it's, um, yeah, it's difficult, you know, and it's difficult to try to, I, I guess, you know, it's it's been difficult right here, right now, you know, um, realizing all of that and then just, you know, um, I guess, yeah, yeah, no, you're good. Yeah. I guess then, um, you know, to try to come up with the ways to overcome, uh, all of those, uh, those obstacles. Yeah. What is it in the Olympics? Those world-class athletes actually visualize winning. Yeah. They just, you know, I mean, before he went a bit nuts, I mean, I know we would talk about Conor McGregor and such, and I'm pretty sure he did the same thing. At least he talked about it when he was in his more less crazed, motivational part of his career. Uh, yeah. You can convince yourself to win or lose. Sure. Um, I haven't had that experience in a sport in a long time, but definitely at work. I mean, at least for me, it more manifests in how I set a schedule. It's, I'm trying to run an experiment for the first time or I haven't, or I'm trying to find some signal in this complicated optics experiment or something. It's weird. It's like if I set a schedule and I want to have this accomplished by this day, I want to have my first measurement done by this day, or I want to have this part figured out or something, or I want to have noise reduced in this part of the system. It it seems to happen more often than not. There's a sense of having a plan, being attentive, being intentional. And I think this is similar to what you're saying with sports. Um, if you plan to win. In my case, I am planning to win. I am planning to be successful. I am planning to accomplish what I want to accomplish. And that sense of accountability and responsibility is really, I think, what helps me out a lot, especially when things are getting pretty rough and especially when I'm not sure what to do. When you don't know what to do, you have to decide what the next steps are. And even if they're not the perfect steps, it's, it's always better to start and then adapt than to get yourself into paralysis and not start. Especially since what makes a good man, person, worker, whatever, is not someone that gets it right all the time. 
what makes someone good at BJJ, I'm sure, is not someone who wins all the time. It's not someone who's in the right mounts the entire match. I'm, I'm, I don't know BJJ that well, but this is actually going to be metaphorically pretty good. Yeah, BJJ is about transitions, isn't it? It's finding yourself in a situation. It's having the perspective of probably how you got in that situation so you don't make that mistake again. And you're trying to figure out how to get out of it and probably even use that to your advantage because you have, you know, all, all this guy's weights on you. Okay. Well, how can you maneuver his weight to get into a, 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 a mount that's beneficial for you? Oh, this guy is getting me with his arm. Okay. Well now his arm is possibly free for me to manipulate. I don't know if it's that straightforward, but there's a gen yeah, there's a general, you know, somebody, most practitioners, and this just goes with the fundamentals of the game, which is, um, you can't really advance without sac- or without the possibility, of course, of sacrificing or giving up the position in which you are currently in right now. So take, take, for example, if I'm mounted on somebody, you know, um, I've got full mount and I decide to grab and I d- decided, okay, here's this is it. This is my target. I'm going to attack this person's arm. So let's just say I'm going for, um, so, you know, let's just say it's the arm bar. So, you know, then you, so you're mounted, you know, then you transition, you know, you get yourself into S mount. Okay. So, uh, you know, S mount for those who don't know is basically like, if you're looking, uh, like from a ceiling perspective, um, you know, moving into S mount. So your legs, you would literally look like an S um, you know, basically sitting on top of the person. So that's, that's what we call S mount. So, um, and then usually from there, you know, you've got the one person's arm, you know, locked in, you know, it's pretty much up across, um, almost vertical across your chest and, uh, you know, you're hugging it pretty tight and then, you know, you simply move one leg over the other, um, or sorry. Yeah. You simply move, uh, your other leg pretty much over the person's face, over the neck. And then, you know, you just sit back and then you start to, you know, crank the person's arm, their uh, thumb is pointed to the ceiling. But in doing that, though, you have given up the mount position. The person then who is being attacked has an opportunity to recover their position. So while they are being attacked, their arm is being attacked, they do generally have the ability to posture up and to get on both knees. Now they will have to fight to try to get their arm free, but if they do, which many do, you could then, the person that was mounted and the person that decided to attack could find yourself in a compromising position. So yeah, it is all about transitions and that sort of thing. Yeah, and everything has a trade, Mm -hmm. which goes back to, you know, the main topic again of accountability and responsibility you know i know i said in the beginning don't get the words mixed up and now i'm using them haphazardly so let that go guys but everything has a trade yeah every good thing you have to sacrifice the possibility for a different good thing because good things in life come when you're present and attentive and you live with intention how can you be attentive towards a million things at once you can't So just as I guess in BJJ, if you want to have a certain mount or have a certain move, you have to perhaps make yourself vulnerable in a different way. Yeah. But this is with everything. If you want to go for a certain job, you might have to move. If you have to move, you you may have different relationships with friends and family, or you might have to give up a different job, or your hours might change, 
which means you have to change your work schedule. Maybe you have to, or your workout schedule. I mean, maybe you have to go to a different gym. Maybe you have to work out from home. Maybe you have to change grocery stores. Maybe you can't get your favorite food. Maybe you have to learn to cook different things. Like everything has a trade and that's okay. You just have to realize that these things you gain in life, lose in life, trade in life is your fault. Yep. For better, for worse. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. It's mm-hmm. freeing. Um, actually, uh, there are some podcasts I like listening to, and they definitely talk a lot about BJJ. Um, Order of Man's a good podcast. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, that guy, uh, Ryan Mickler, was it? You know, he does BJJ, and he talks about it all the time, and he talks about responsibility and accountability constantly. Yeah. You know, uh, to him, it's to be a good person in this world, to be a good father, be a good husband. it's just your responsibility to check your internal state and relate to the outside world. And I, I do think that's a beautiful thing. And for him, BJJ is how he gets out a lot of his frustrations. I think he learns a lot about who he is as a person, as a man, when he rolls, you know, it's, you're going through something and, Maybe a bunch of the other guys are doing the same and you beat each other up, but you yeah. feel better after. Um, oh, yeah. You know? And it teaches you to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, which also I think is really why people don't people don't pay attention to their core beliefs and they don't take responsibility for their lives because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to realize things are your fault until you realize it's comfortable. I'm so comfortable with it now. At first, it would piss me off. I get so frustrated. I'd be, I would, it would upset me. I, I would be annoyed. And eventually, it, it becomes comforting because you realize you have a chance to do something about it. It realizes you can learn. It realizes your past has a purpose. It realizes your future. While not totally in your control, your relationship with your future is in your control. Your relationships with other people can be influenced in a more healthy way when you have a more healthy relationship with yourself. And I find that comforting. So you were going on before about how, um, like how do people just want to do this? I mean, we're creatures of habit. We do the same thing all the time. It's easier to blame everyone else. I mean, you do it on TV all the time. You know, someone, some group is upset. They blame a different group, right? Um, Whether it's a political party, a different racial group, like someone's always blaming someone else. One country is blaming another country. You know, it's, it's always someone else's fault. And while sometimes maybe there's validity here and there, um, how do you just accept more responsibility when the rest of the world doesn't do it, when no one teaches it to you? Maybe you weren't raised that way. And there is a bit of a leap of faith, but maybe this is a bit of the scientist in me, but you end up getting data that supports it. Just try it. Just accept more responsibility. Eventually, you're just going to get this sense of peace of, wow, no matter what happens today, I could be my best self. Oh, oh, this person's pissing me off. Oh, I'm pissing myself off about that person. Oh, this person doesn't treat me well. Oh, it's my responsibility to expect better or to ask for better. And if I don't get it, it's my responsibility to seek different friends or different relationships. Oh, 
I don't like how my boss does this. Uh, all right, well, can you talk to your boss or can you be a different worker, a better worker? You know, it's just, it's all you guys. Yeah. That's really, it's really it. Mm-hmm. You don't need, you know, 10 commandments written down beside your bedside to memorize just in general. I'm not, you know, poking at anything, you know, like you don't need 50 rules. You don't need X, Y, and Z. It's just a general habit of introspection, acceptance, and honestly just sack up and accept responsibility. Just fucking do it. There's make your life so much better. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, I definitely got to get better with it and I got to do more. So, you Maybe know, both. Yeah, man, it's the, this this episode has really made me realize a lot. And I'm really glad that we've recorded it. So because I'll be able to listen to this, you know what I mean? I'll be able to, you know, just kind of yeah. pick on it and be like, yeah, yeah. You know, because it came directly from us, too. You need you know to I mean? you need so. to review things. Yeah, because your brain just forgets <clears throat> so much of what it originally learned or what it just learned. Um, your subconscious is feeding your brain the same thoughts it fed yesterday and the day before that and the week and month before that. And this is how we get caught in these cycles. We're not being attentive. You know, you hear, you scroll on Instagram or something, you see a quote you like, and, uh, you know, you just think that helps. No, it didn't. It fucking didn't. You still have the same belief. You can't read something and scroll by and think, oh my God, it changed my life. No, it fucking didn't. <laughs> That's not how life works. Yeah. Unless how you view things changes, you're not going to have different emotional responses and different changes of habit. You're not going to fucking do it. Yeah. I feel like the more this goes on, the more I curse. Yeah, <laughs> I get no. fired up. But no, it's, you know, it's just, it's true. Like, it is. Like, I can't tell you how, uh, like, this is maybe I'm getting a little off topic with this, but I can't tell you how many times I see people posting shit on social media, a quote about this or a quote about the treating people or this or that or this and blah, blah. And I, I almost just like, and it's not my business. So I like, and at the end of the day, like I said, it has nothing to do with me, but I almost feel like just telling people sometimes like, you know, if posting it or if, Saying it would only make it so, but it doesn't. As you said, it's got to be, it's got to come from habit. It's got to like it, nothing changed, you know, no no magical aura just suddenly came down and Ooh, this is suddenly how it is. It's like, no, it might actually be, this is a scary thing. This is the messed up part. Maybe it is true. Maybe it is how it is in terms of what's true and false. Our brains don't necessarily align with what's true. That's where suffering comes from. We view reality differently than the way it is. We have these shoulds, shouldn'ts, musts, all these things in our brain. And we're coming up with these beliefs and opinions that may or may not reflect reality. And then we have opinions about things that cause us turmoil or that we cause turmoil about ourselves because we decide these things must be true and we decide to keep them consciously or subconsciously. And uh, that quote might be true, but it's not going to be impactful for you unless it replaces something prior. You're just going to forget it. 
Yeah. That's why people can read a, a self-help book that's 300 pages. They'll still go to McDonald's and sleep in the next day. It doesn't, everyone knows the answer. Everyone knows what they're supposed to do. I don't think people need that much help. I just think people need to look inwardly. That's really the thing. This is, you know, one of, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite guys on TikTok that I follow. Yes. <laughs> I love TikTok. Uh, I actually don't have Instagram, so I was just saying because I think that's what people do. But I do have TikTok. One of my favorite guys on TikTok is Papa Swole. This guy from Florida, jacked out of his mind. Not like the shredded, going on a show jacked, but if there was a zombie apocalypse, I'd be on his team. You know what I mean? Um, he's just He just lifts big stuff, and he, he's just a normal, healthy dude. And I just I love how he handles things. He encourages people to as he says go to the fucking gym and because his whole point is he motivates you but he also doesn't because motivation isn't something you should go for he just reminds you how unhealthy it is to not go he reminds you how going is your responsibility he reminds you but that it will just make your life better that no matter what you're doing today nothing's more important than your health in the end, you know, he's just a good example of a guy who seems happy, has his life together, is in shape. He, you know, some you know, he has a nice outdoor gym in his place. He lives in a good state. He has all these things. And uh, he's just making a good life for himself. But he takes responsibility and he encourages you to do so. And not by motivating you and telling you how if you do this, your life's going to be amazing. No, it's just you're supposed to do it. And all those good feelings and the happy emotions and everything else will eventually follow. But if you want to feel good for a prolonged period of time, you just have to take a leap of faith and do what you need to do. Yeah. So these are the people you guys should follow, by the way. Um, people who take responsibility and maybe they motivate you, but they give you a well-rounded view on how things actually are. So yeah, that quote might actually be true. Maybe. Yeah. Doesn't mean it registered in your brain. Right. So. Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of scary, isn't it? Something can be true. Something can be impactful for you. And then it just doesn't help. What I think people really get messed up or misconstrued with a lot of these quotes and things that are online is, they think that just because they see it and they read it that suddenly there's some magical force that just changed everything for them. It's just kind of like, no, like that's not how it works. Like, you know, newsflash, uh, big secret, you know what I mean? Um, get the press, get them ready for what I'm about to say. But it's like, yeah, like you can read it, it might be true, internalize, internalize it, but it's the actions that follow through with it it's the actions of internalizing mm -hmm. it. it's the actions of actually making that part of your life that which i feel like a lot of people don't do because it is tough to do or they just don't know how to do it um you know and one thing like i said you know conor mcgregor i will take a quote from him that he had said a while ago actually um which was he says you know kind of like you just said earlier and he actually said this he goes you know 
We all know what we're supposed to do. We all know what we should be doing. He says, we know we should be getting up at 8 as opposed to 9. We know we shouldn't be eating this or we should be eating more of this. He says, you know, if you're full of doubt, he says, doubt's removed by action. And that's something that I feel like a lot of people, they, they, you know, they expect to just read these quotes and it just magically happens. It's like, no, there's the action element of it. Right. You know, what do the quotes do when someone reads a quote, they are going for external validation and putting responsibility on the quote. I will feel like doing the right thing because of this quote. My life will be better because of this quote. No, your life is, don't get me wrong. You shouldn't be arrogant. And you can learn things from other people. And sometimes that comes in the form of a nice quote. All right. Gray zones. But I think a lot of people use it as a procrastination tool. Or I've done this in the past. And I feel like where I know I noticed that I was really making progress when I could scroll on social media or something, which of course is a time waster, but it was planned. And I uh, just started scrolling past the accounts that I used to really like. I'd hear something that would ring true for me or that I felt like I needed to hear. And now I just scroll past it. Not because the creators are bad. They're, I think they're great. Not because the content is bad. I found it helpful at one point. But in the end, it's just when you're internally driven, and you're working on your own value system beliefs and you're not motivated because it's a sunny day or something, but you just really want to do better for yourself. You don't need those accounts. Yeah. And the, the, it's great that they exist. You know, sometimes they'll still go back to it every now and then as I don't know. It's sometimes I find it more, more entertaining to listen to something that's uplifting than to, watch something now maybe the news that's all depressing like if you're going to watch something at least watch something that's uplifting and beneficial and has a good message to it right yeah but um just eventually just hit me it's like this is all just superficial is such a mean word for people that are working really hard on stuff that's good advice but to me it just it almost seems so superficial because at the core everything else just falls into place When you look at your habits and say, why do I do this? Well, it's because I feel this way. Well, why do I feel this way? Well, it's because I have this core belief. Okay, change the core belief. Oh, I feel differently. Well, then you don't need to be motivated. You just want to do it because that's who you are. Everything goes into alignment like some, I don't know, spiritual chiropractor. Just everything works out and doesn't mean everything's perfect. Doesn't mean you're happy all the time, but everyone's trying to fix this high level stuff and they wonder why they don't stick with it or they wonder why it feels weird or off. It's because you're not aligned all the way down to your core. Your brain is fighting. Your brain has a belief system that is fighting what you're trying to accomplish. How the hell are you going to win? I don't know. It's like trying to control an army with a general that's running in the other direction. It's like everything needs to be in sync. Mm Mm-hmm. Your core beliefs control how you interact with the world and how you interact with yourself. And uh, it goes for motivation. It goes for everything. So if you guys find yourself scrolling, 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 reading, 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 
at some point, put down the book and just look inward and say, you know, now is just time to be better. I don't need more information. I just need to fucking do it. Yeah. Just accept responsibility for that. It kind of goes back to, you know, as far as some people relying on the quotes and other outside affirmations, if you will. It kind of reminds me of what somebody, a wise man, uh, a wise man told me at one point, which was, he says, some people have all the knowledge. They're smart because they got all the knowledge in the world, but they have no wisdom. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was just kind of like, well, he says, you know, take for example, he goes, I showed some, or somebody had all these degrees. He graduated from Harvard, all this stuff, but he didn't even know how to do basic accounting. You know, he goes, I had to show him how to do things because he just, he just didn't know how to do it. You know what I mean? Like he had the knowledge around how to do it, but it like, it was the self-confidence, whatever, what have you, he just didn't know how to do it. And I had to like educate him and show him as to how to do so. And he was just like, you know, certain people have knowledge. They don't always have wisdom though to go along with it. And that's some people, you know, they read all these quotes, whatever, you know, that maybe they have the knowledge, they can look at it maybe they understand they understand what it means but they don't have the wisdom i guess to apply it to their daily life and change their habits or change their core beliefs to make themselves live a a happier life or what have you yeah i think a main thing is people focus so much on how they feel and like i've known a lot of this stuff i've been saying for a long time and full disclaimer i might be wrong on some of it you know, we're always learning and thinking and trying and correcting course. And some of the stuff I'm saying might be wrong. Maybe there's someone who's listening with a, uh, you know, more of a, of like a counseling background, psychology background, or maybe neuroscience. And they're like, uh, maybe he, you know, said the right word or used it wrongly, or he maybe said something that if everyone took it to the extreme, maybe it'd be toxic. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to speak in gray zones and more general cases. You know, mo- mo- most of what I'm saying is more like grounded in cognitive behavioral therapy and stuff, which has been scientifically backed. So unless I'm saying the wrong things there, then, you know, apologies. But if you find it interesting, do your own research. I have feel I feel like some of the stuff I've been saying I've known for a long time. You know, the, the whole tidbit of... Um, your brain takes in three trillion or two trillion bits per second, but you're only consciously aware, make decisions based off of or feel 200 bits. I just learned that this past week, but the fundamental things about being the best you can be and all this other stuff and how your thoughts shape your reality and your belief systems. I've known that for a long time, but I felt like I've had a hard time following it. And it's because I was focused on correcting how I feel And it's because I was focused on this idea of, oh, well, I'm supposed to have this in check by now. I'm supposed to be feeling differently. And I I wasn't correcting my core beliefs. It was, well, I have the knowledge. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I read these books when I was a freshman in college and I'm in my latter half of grad school. So like, what's that? Seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. Um, I should have this down pat by now. And it's just going into the same same issue that a lot of people really get into. They're focusing on how they're feeling, not on what they're believing. 
You know, emotions are just signals. I know there's people who have chronic issues and that might need medication or it's a chemical imbalance, but, you know, for a lot of situations, it's really just, you know, of course I have sympathy towards that, but um, a lot of this stuff is really just focusing on your core beliefs and your emotions will follow. Sometimes it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be sad. Yeah. Just make sure that your emotions are reflecting reality. That's the difference between grieving properly for a short period of time and being a fucking mess. You know, um, that's the difference between someone who's sturdy enough to take care of their family in a hard time and someone who needs to be picked up the whole time. It's a, you know, sometimes we need help in this world, but if you want to be a mature, responsible adult, you should be there to pick other people up. Yeah. And I know that's going to upset some people. Like if you're a, if you're a healthy human, you need less and you give more. Period. If you're needing too much, you're not doing well. Maybe it's a time in your life where you do need assistance. Maybe you lost a spouse. I'm sure that's brutal. Have not been there. Hopefully never. Definitely not yet. But if you're chronically needing, seeking validation, if you're chronically scrolling for advice if you're chronically looking for help guidance you're fucking up you know there's a there's an old quote i really like uh from the stoics it's uh why are you wailing can't you wipe your own nose you have a finger or something like this it's like you have everything you need to take care of yourself and i think that's look people make money off of you needing them People make money off of being sick and you need their help. People make money off of you need advice or you needing advice. People make money off of this stuff. And I think to a degree it's good. I'd rather that people get help. I mean, I've been there. We, you know, for like whatever reasons, it's it's good. And if you need help, you should get it in whatever capacity that is, um, whether it's help. I don't know. You can't do plumbing in your house or any kind of other sort of support. Um but needing shows a lack that you could probably give yourself. So um, it's kind of a, I don't know. I don't really know where to go from there, but it's just because it's, I don't know. It's kind of a touchy thing to say. Yeah. Because some people truly need help and I would rather that they get help than say, oh, I'll put on a stiff upper lip. Don't put on a stiff, a stiff upper lip. There's you a know, shade of gray. It's, you know, a sh- it's, it's a shade of gray, you know. Yeah. Undoubtedly, if you had to choose between two, being two people, someone who could handle their own stuff themselves versus someone who is more needy, it's always better to be able to handle things themselves. But on the flip side, if you were to have someone who needed help versus someone who was stubborn and suffered and got worse, 100% get help, you know. We're social animals. You're supposed to be able to have a support system. Just understand that with time, you need to be able to do things yourself. And you should want to because there's a time where you needed help and that's okay. Maybe you had to go to therapy. Maybe you your friends had to console you. Maybe you lost a job. It's okay to get help. But the beauty of getting help is you have a sense of sympathy for those who then also need help. And then when you don't need help anymore, you can help them. And that's 
also something you should be responsible for, right? I mean, take accountability. You received help once. So don't stick your nose in the air and not have sympathy towards someone else. I guess that's what I'm getting at. In a very long, windy way, that's basically what I'm saying. It's okay to get help. It's better to get help than to fail and think you could handle it yourself. If you're depressed, if you're anxious, get help. Yeah. Absolutely. But just while you're getting help, be accountable, get better, become more independent, and then help someone else. And I think that's a beautiful thing. You know? Yeah. Part of this harmonious life we're talking about. Absolutely. Compassion is key. It is. It makes you happier. Right? It's like with the driver. Do you really want to be pissed off at that driver that's slowing you down? What good does it do? Just aggravates you. It just aggravates you. I mean, holding on to these negative emotions for prolonged periods, it just makes you feel worse. You know? I'm not you shouldn't suppress bad emotions if you have them. Maybe they serve a good purpose. But if they don't, like you don't want to be an angry person. Rather have a sense of sympathy. You know, if someone cuts you off, it's okay to be pissed to a degree. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, dick. Oh, okay. Well, um Yeah, wow, we've recorded now for two and a half hours. If, did you have anything else you wanted to say? I go on no, these no, rants no, 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 no. No, actually I'm You're so I, patient and yeah. I just you're a good host. I just feel oh, bad. I keep you. on thank talking you. and talking and talking. Yeah, no, dude, dude honestly, podcast, that's what we like. You're supposed to talk. It's yeah. just, you know. Yeah, no, like you're my guest. I, I brought you on and everything. And, you know, I like to like to hear my guests, you know, speak and, you know, also kind of bring certain things out. But, you know, uh, but yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I'm good. I, I pretty much got everything I had to get out and um, everything I think I wanted to share with uh, my audience and, yeah, I have realized and I think I've, I'm going to be internalizing certain things uh, pretty soon. So, yeah, I really appreciate you being on and uh, I'm sure everybody else appreciates you being on as well. I'm sure I'm going to get a bunch of messages pretty soon g- going, yo, your guest is really on point with, with X, Y, and Z. And, and if and I'm stuff, not, so. say something because yeah. this is how I live my life. So if someone out there is smarter, please say something. <laughs> like yeah. we should all help each other out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. guys, and and that's the other thing too. I mean, you know, not to sound like a um an arrogant or uh, uh somebody that's like, "Oh, look at me" or anything. No, I'm not trying to sound that way when I say this, but you know, I see a lot of you. Some of you I know, some of you I don't know who watch and I guess um you know, see my posts on social media. You know, feel free um if you identify or you can um, relate to some of the things that we're saying here, you know, reach out, you know, share your thoughts. Um, You know, if you have something that, you know, you'd like to add to what we were saying here that you think would be helpful to the audience as well as me and him, please just DM me, say something. I would love to hear it, honestly. So it's all about expanding. I like to think that I have wisdom, but, you know, of course, you got to have some of the knowledge to properly, I guess, apply things in life which i guess is wisdom do you have anything else uh, you wanted to add no this was a good conversation yeah uh, i absolutely. guess i guess the only thing is we're talking about accountability and responsibility and it's scary at first to say so much in your life is your fault 
or at least partially your fault. And everything is definitely 100% your responsibility to respond in the near present and future. That, yep. that, that, that part is 100 fucking percent. Yep. You can look at your past or your present situation and your involvement is always at least greater than zero. Always a bit greater than zero. Maybe sometimes more than 50% or something. But your response to that situation is always 100% your fault. And your recollection of that event is based off of your core beliefs. And that's 100% your fault and your responsibility. Um, That's a tough pill to swallow for many, but it's a message of hope and encouragement. No matter where you are in life, no matter how you look, no matter what you weigh, no matter your abilities, no matter your knowledge, your skill sets, your education, no matter how much money you have, no matter where you live, no matter your skin color, whatever your race or whatever your political beliefs, um, your heritage or anything, you have the ability to make your life better. And not only do you have the ability to make your life better, again, defined as, um, being your best self, but I think you have a moral obligation. Society is better when we're all doing our best. Society is better when we're all in harmony with our internal and external worlds. Mm -hmm. This is better for you. It'll make you happier. It'll make you cheerful, joyful, pleasant. It'll make you a good worker. It'll make you a good family person, but it will also just, if everyone does this, everyone's going to be better. You don't need permission. You don't need money. You don't need a quote. You just have to practice it. So it's a message of hope. Life is good and it can get a lot better. A billion percent. Yep. So it's what we're all aiming for. Well, thank you for listening, guys, especially all of you that listened to the very end. Thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, we'll definitely see you guys next time. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Absolutely, Joe. Thank you for being a guest on my podcast. So it's definitely been fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. First podcast I've ever been on. Yeah. Well, yeah. This was fun. Can hardly we're gonna share this everywhere. So, you know, it's gonna be like, Joe, you're so official now. (laughs) So Oh God. Yeah. Alrighty, guys. We'll catch you next time. Ciao.